Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. This week's double feature are movies about eyes. Someone's watching me. And eyes of a stranger. Where's the LASIK when you need it? For more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at MNDriveInPod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to the Midnight Drive-In at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food or drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. Drive away your worries and cares at this drive-in theater. That's why, to familiarize you with the movie rating symbols which will be used by this theater, we present the following guide for parents and young people. X, no one under 17 admitted. So what's up? No. You having, you having a bad day, Brian? No, Amanda was running, had to run into work unexpectedly, so... We uh, had literally just finished having dinner and she had to run, so I had to clean up. Get okay. everything ready before I come downstairs. You just you just sounded a little frustrated and sad. No, well, because I was going to leave Margo upstairs, and then she's sticking her head through the cat door, whining at me because she's home by herself. So I had to section off part of the basement so she can't get to the litter room, and then let her down. <laughs> can't let her eat that cat poop. Ugh, so gross. That's a very complicated life you have. It's the worst. And all this after I took my nap at 1 o'clock this afternoon. Jesus. Life is the worst. It's probably just like having a kid. Uh, I see no difference whatsoever. Yeah, are either of you guys planning to blow up balloons for a party after this is uh, we're done recording? Or No, but I mean, I can change my plans, I guess. Good. You want to blow them up and then mail them to you? Yes, I'd actually appreciate that. That would be hilarious. I would love that. Can you not just pick up one of those tanks for like 20 bucks? Yeah, but I can also just buy balloons for a dollar and then blow them up myself. Then I have 19 sweet, sweet dollars left over. I suppose. I was going to say, it's just so much yeah. faster. Yeah. I feel like yeah. my time is worth more than that $19. Well, whatever. Hey, maybe you enjoy getting high off of being lightheaded, so maybe it's a win-win for you. I don't know. Maybe. We'll see how it goes. Been on like a two-day road trip. Been back for like a couple hours and then got to deal with people showing up like 12 hours from now, so. Well, that's garbage. Yeah, there's going to have to be some sleeping that goes on when everybody's finally done being here. (laughs) So where'd you go on your road trip? Uh, First to a reptile zoo and then to an aquarium. Exciting places. A reptile zoo? Yeah, there's there's this whole like uh, industry. I don't know why it exists, but it's like they have they rescue reptiles and then they put them in these zoos. And then I don't know why that's an entire industry here in Canada, but it seems to happen like somewhere along the line. There's usually a reptile house at the zoo. Yeah, no, this is these are smaller ones that are just the reptiles, but they're all like rescues. I don't know why it's a weird thing. Like a lot of people get 
I don't know, crocodiles or whatever, and then realize, oh, I should have known that, and it has to be rescued. I don't I understand. Getting, I was getting ready to say, for a second, that thought was really funny in my head. Not not that an animal would be abused, but just the idea that there exists, like, somebody being like, oh, my God, look at this abused iguana. There's three abused iguanas there. <laughs> yeah, so I was getting ready to say, if you looked at an iguana, you'd be like, how can you tell? It's a fucking iguana. <laughs> like, unless that iguana was nearly dead and bleeding at the time. I, I assume like some of the more common animals like the iguanas are just ones that people give up and these places take them in because people mm. just think it's a good idea to get pets and then get rid of them. I want an iguana. And then like six months later, it's like, oh, well, that was yeah. a huge mistake. But then like, it's weird. Like, cause I had like a Gila monster there and I'm like, who bought that as a pet? And then, like mistreated it to the point where the animal welfare people showed up and confiscated it and turned it over. <laughs> I didn't know that could happen. Well, it could be like drug raids too. Yeah, like some people of are like, yeah, it. my fucking beard and dragon. I'm gonna have it on gonna, my shoulder. I was gonna when say I make my deals. Those drug dealers do love fucking exotic animals, don't they? Yeah. Do they? Is what? that true or is that only true in movies? No, it's like really true. Yeah. Yeah, there's like seized lions and tigers and stuff from from big drug dealers. Like I keep seeing like uh, articles. It's like this bear and this tiger were bought as cubs by a drug dealer, and then they were confiscated by the police, but they couldn't bear to separate them. So now they live together. Yeah, I guess that is why there's hippos in South America right now, right? It's just a high drug dealer deciding he wanted exotic pets. <laughs> I was going to say, the uh, the drug dealer that I knew in high school had two bobcats. <laughs> Just And he would talk about them all the time. He'd be like, yeah, look at my bobcats. And he'd like show you like the door to the yard. And he's, he's like, but don't go back there in the yard. Those bobcats will fuck you up. <laughs> They're mean as shit. And it's like, <laughs> so you basically just ceded your backyard to these cats. <laughs> yeah, yeah, my stepdad's brother had a bobcat. Yeah. Uh. Why would he have a bobcat? Like, my stepdad's brother had a bobcat. I think he caught it, found it when it was a baby and it was abandoned or whatever. So he like raised it. So it was somewhat tame, but you know, it would still play pretty hard. But he had a shit. He had a record. He had a ferret at one point. He had a parrot. So I don't trust him with good animal decisions. A ferret's a weird one. Those were popular for a while. And I'm like, you just want a weasel in your house. That's what you want. Yeah. Like, I don't I don't understand. Okay, yeah. I've I I've known people ferrets. with ferrets, and they're adorable, and they're really fun. Mm-hmm. I just couldn't imagine trying to take care of one. Uh, yeah, I had ferrets before. They're uh, they're cute and they're fun, but Jesus Christ, they take uh, way too much time. You guys want to hear a ferret story that's more appropriate for this podcast? Sure. So this kid brought this ferret to school when I was like in grade six and uh ferret got out of its cage and as they are one to do yeah so apparently it ran by and brushed up against a teacher's foot causing the teacher to jump up onto a desk causing the desk to fall over and crush the ferret to death oh jesus (laughs) that's sad it's it's really sad but you know (laughs) it seems to fit in more with our podcast theme than all of this they're cute and cuddly talk so (laughs) 
I would rather talk about happy things. <laughs> no. We're going to talk about happy things. And then you talked about a squished ferret. <laughs> Not just a squished ferret, but a squished ferret belonging to a child. <laughs> well, if it makes you feel any better, I have a happy uh, ending to that story. Which is that, like, a couple of weeks later, some kid managed to get some tissue paper and sneak under the teacher's desk and brush her leg again. So we all got to watch her jump up on a desk this time. <laughs> but nothing got killed that second time. <laughs> what if that story ended with, and the desk fell over and killed that kid? <laughs> oh, it'd be such a better story. It'd be like, uh, people just childish. don't learn the correct lesson from things, I think. <laughs> It's uh, funny. Uh, well, should we talk about a bunch of depressing shit? Like what? Like uh, men being very rapey in the late seventies, early eighties. Yeah, I was gonna say rape and murder. More rape. <laughs> I don't think we can. If we were depressed by those things, this would not be the show we hosted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it seemed like they were a lot more cool with it back then. For some reason. Well, I don't know. It's um. To be fair, most of the murder and rape is done by murderers and rapists in the movies we watched this week. As opposed yeah. to some of the more casual murder and rape that goes on in other weeks. So, <laughs> uh, Alright, well Noah, why don't you tell us about somebody's watching me. I always feel like somebody's watching me. Nope. And it's, it's someone's watch, not somebody's watch. Whatever. <laughs> what if you guys watch different movies? <laughs> uh, so it's a made-for-TV movie by the the amazing and great John Carpenter uh, about a woman who's kind of just being stalked and receiving obscene phone calls uh, from someone. Yeah, and that's that's the entire plot. Like, <laughs> I'd like I'd like to tell you that there's a bunch of twists and turns in the story, but there are not. No, it's not. So I don't I don't know what to say about this movie. So this is not a bad movie. Mm -hmm. Like all the all the actors and stuff do a, a bang up job. It's the the chick from Gator and Adrian Barbeau's in it. And most of it is just kind of this this woman being terrorized. And them trying to figure out who the person is terrorizing her. Although I don't think they start looking in earnest until three quarters of the way through the movie. No. <laughs> then they they ship that red herring off to Ohio or whatever. Right. Just a you funny little connection. Yeah. It's, it's a it's funny a little weird. connection to our previous movies where it's like the cops just chase people out of town instead of actually arresting them. Yeah. The biggest <laughs> the biggest problem I have with this movie is man they did not pace this movie like it's so slow just just nothing fucking happens for long stretches and now the thing i like about the movie is so this is a a 1970s movie about a woman being stalked and and while she is a victim she isn't the victim does that does that make sense mm -hmm. like she yeah, doesn't she doesn't ever play the damsel in distress part. No, she, um, yeah, she's always the tough chick who stands up for herself and fights back. And like, she snaps at the cops when they do the typical movie cop thing of just like refusing to look into it. Um, yeah, she's, she's a good female lead in a time when that was rare. 
Yeah. Yeah. The guy leaves her a threatening note being like, I'm waiting for you in the garage. And she goes and gets a fucking knife and goes to the garage. <laughs> She's like, I'm going to fuck this motherfucker up. I dig that. I, I was like, man, I cannot believe this is a movie from the 70s. She's so uh, assertive and proactive in her her destiny in this film. But I, I suppose I should have expected more since it's a John Carpenter movie. And, you know. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, he has characters like that in his movies all the time right um yeah you know what i didn't really think about what you're saying much because i was just as a first time watch watching it now it's not that shocking to see a character like that but putting it in time and place you're right it's like a made for tv movie from back then any other one she would have just gone crying to the guy and he would have solved all of life's problems right 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 and the boyfriend serves absolutely no uh no function is a savior ever throughout the entire movie no. like he no. he comforts her and and of course he's trying to help her but he doesn't ever ride in at any moment to save her well no, and, but he, he he actually tries to and then he gets the same results yeah. so i think that's actually interesting where it's just like well i'll take care of it and then it's the exact same thing and it's sort of like yeah See, I'm not crazy. Like they, they literally told me they can do nothing. Right. Well, even take it a step further, though. I, I'm just I'm just thinking on my feet here. But the scene where they meet, like she's sitting at a bar and guys are hitting on her and she brushes them off and picks the guy she wants and walks over and hits on him, which, again, for a 70s made for TV movie is very bold. Like, that's not what you would expect from that character. You would expect the character who did that to be, you know, the slutty girl who gets killed off as punishment for her crime of being female. Not the lead character who ends up being the tough chick. That's, that's, that's interesting. I hadn't, I, I don't know why I didn't pick up on that watching this movie. And now I'm seeing it. It's really clear and it's obviously intentional. Yeah. This movie's got a lot of stuff. Uh, like Adrian Barbeau's character is a lesbian and they mention it and then don't make a big deal about it for the entire rest of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> right. Which, uh, cause I got the Blu-ray for this and there's an interview with her on it and she talked about how much she loved it. It was just like, yeah, like, yeah, I'm gay and yeah. not a big deal. And well, they even, it doesn't they even have form the, her uh, character for the rest of the movie. It's just, that's who she is. Because the lead character, they, somebody makes a joke about her, like, oh, you sure you trust me around her? And she's like, I'm around men all the time. What difference does it make? <laughs> and it's like, well, that's a really good, solid point that you've just raised there. And now we'll just move on. And like, it was literally for the rest of the movie. It didn't matter that she was gay. Yeah. Yeah. So, it, again, very progressive for its time. Yeah. I was going to say the other thing that I felt, I don't know, I guess it makes once it's one of those things that makes sense for the time, but. I feel like I would expect more out of John Carpenter is the fact that the, the, the killer guy at the end ends up kind of being this giallo esque non character. <laughs> you know, you know what I mean? It's just because you're kind of watching the whole movie. You're like, Oh, is it the door guy or, you know, who's, who's it going to be? And it's like, no, it's just some rando. <laughs> you're like, Oh, okay. Well, it's just some rando. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, technically, I mean, he made this right before, like, he left when he was done with this, he went and made Halloween. True. So, I mean, he, the slasher sort of uh, tropes weren't in play yet. Maybe you could point to Black Christmas, but again, it's just some sort of 
I mean, you kind of hear about Billy throughout like side stories, but you never, he's never really like a yeah. full on character other than the POV shots. This thing, uh, the idea that it's just a rando who turns out to be the guy that is very typical of the era for filmmaking. Mm-hmm. Right, is, right. That's what I was saying. It's a 70s thing, but yeah, no. So I'll be the one that says it because it sounds like you guys don't want to say this about a John Carpenter movie, but uh, this movie isn't good. Um, <laughs> well, I don't see. I can't say that though. I can't say that it isn't a good movie. It's just too slow. It's too slow. The atmosphere doesn't work. I'll, I'll, I'll what you said. A lot of what you said is correct. The acting is good. Um, a lot of that, a lot of that pro uh, woman stuff is clearly intentional, and that's a positive thing to have in your movie. Um, all that stuff is true, but the movie's just not interesting because the atmosphere is not absorbing and nothing is happening through much of it. And I think what this shows is if you're going to hire John Carpenter, fucking hire hire John Carpenter. Just go, John Carpenter, make a movie and walk away and you'll get something like Halloween because Halloween is also a very, very slow movie. There are also large stretches of it where nothing is happening. But John Carpenter has the creative control. He can use the camera to shoot with that wide lens and to create that atmosphere and that feeling of dread. He can write his own music because he's really more of a musician than he is a filmmaker at this point. Right. Um, he, you know, he can use that to, to just build the atmosphere in the film and keep you engaged and keep it intense when he has the ability to do that. I John did Carpenter notice should not be a director for hire. I did notice, uh, a depressing shortage of sick John Carpenter tunes throughout this movie. Yeah. Uh, well, there's an interview with John Carpenter on the Blu-ray as well. He uh, he laments that he did not get to make his own music, and then uh, he also did not get the edit on this. So he didn't get a whole lot of input of kind of what happened to it after yeah. after he finished filming it. Well, and because that, that's the thing is like if he probably like if he had full control he could take this script which is his script but he can take it and make it into a good movie but without that control without that ability to do those random insert shots that work so well for some reason that i can't quite explain but they just do you know (laughs) without the ability to use that music to create atmosphere you know maybe the edit has a lot to do with it as well i'm not sure um because the music in this movie is like uh, it's terrible it's just it's yeah it's, it's yeah it's no it's no and, it, and you know like when a movie's slow paced and nothing's happening for certain stretches of time you start to notice the shitty music and that's never a good sign if you if you notice shitty music in a movie that means the movie's probably not good mm-hmm. occasionally music can be good enough to draw your attention but almost never should it be bad enough to draw your attention unless the movie also sucks yeah, it was kind of known as the lost Carpenter film up till about 2007. Yeah. Because it never even got a VHS release. Apparently I did overseas, but never did here. So it was just sort of like, eh, it's the one nobody can really watch. And then they finally released it in like 2007 on DVD. I found it on um, on YouTube years ago. I don't know exactly when. And I tried a couple times to watch it and didn't make it through because I fell asleep or whatever. And I did, it was in the back of my head this whole time. Like, it's a John Carpenter movie. If you 
sit down and watch it, you're gonna like it. <laughs> like, just mm-hmm. fucking do it. And I think that's how it ended up on the list, but we've had an off-mic uh, off <laughs> debate about that. <laughs> but anyways, um, like, I, I, I finally, like, forced myself now to sit and watch it, and I'm like, okay, it's not, it wasn't me. It's the movie. It's it's the movie's fault that I haven't seen it. I mean, it was available for a while there. And, um, so yeah, there's, there's sometimes there's a reason why films get lost, and you know, like you say, we sort of discussed this in the Spielberg uh, show that we did a little while ago. It's like sometimes if you can have a good director, a talented guy, an artist that can create great things. If he doesn't have the freedom to do that, then it doesn't really matter, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Once he's uh, John Carpenter, just look at all the hits that he made, yeah. and it's like, oh shit, we could have done a lot more if we just sort of sort of unleashed him and let him do whatever. Even, even for this, you know, nothing little made for TV movie, it probably could have improved it. But, but then again, back then they probably just thought, eh, well, people watch this once, maybe twice, and then. Yeah, we'll never show it again. So, what does it matter? Yeah, and it looks it looks so good. I don't know if it's just the fact that the the new release or whatever, but the print was real clean, and the movie's shot very well. I mean, like I I yeah. like all the framing. I like the colors. I kind of like the way everything looks. I just I, I don't know. Like like I said, if it wasn't for the fact that it was just so fucking slow it's so slow and so boring and it's a thriller like i don't there's nothing thrilling about spending 35 minutes of a single scene of a woman walking around her fucking apartment it's but there would be again in a john carpenter movie look at like fucking look at the thing look at the fog any of the movies that came out over the course of the decade following this movie (laughs) that we all love they're all very slow paced that's just how it is Mm -hmm. Yeah, I suppose I can't. I'm not going to not recommend this. I mean, it, like I said, it's fine. I, I would say, yeah. like, yeah, if you're a completist, go ahead. But I, if you're just looking for a movie to watch, there's so much else out there. Mm. Yeah, it's uh, it's one of those things I've been sort of in this collector mode. Um, where I find out he wrote a movie but didn't direct it. So, of course, I have to pick that up and like, yeah. check that out and stuff. So, I mean, it's just, you know, I mean, sometimes that stuff's good. Sometimes that stuff's bad. Sometimes it's just kind of in between. So Unfortunately, lead- when he's not the entire package, it doesn't sort of <laughs> all come together properly. The The lead actress, who is she in your head? Is she the vampire from Once Bitten? <laughs> Or is she the chick Pretty from much. Gator? Well, considering I've never seen Gator, uh, I'm going to say the chick from Once Bit. God damn it. Is that I the Burt Reynolds movie? Yeah. I think Doug added yeah, it to it's, the list. It's, I, I added I it to the list. Okay. No, you did I, not. I added you it to the list. You did not. How do you, how do you, you two always oh my God. these weird arguments? I'm going to start putting my initials to shit. I literally was like, we need some more Burt Reynolds exploitation movies. I put Gator and I put Lightning on the list. You are the worst, Doug. No. <laughs> it doesn't matter, but... If we had a, if we had a stinger for that, I'd be saying we'd be watching Gator next week. Sick of this! Sick of this shit! I'm sick of, I've never seen sick it. Of coming in here and finding out people yeah. haven't seen Gator. 
<laughs> I mean, we can watch it. I'll send stuff off to Julie this week. It's fine. God, God damn it. <laughs> you fucking people. <laughs> Anyways, I haven't seen Gator either, and I didn't recognize this girl from Once Bitten. So I've only seen that the once when we did it for the show. I just, yeah, she was like a model feel, or something so, back then. In this, in this particular instance, I'm actually more surprised that Doug hasn't seen Gator. I don't know what it's about, so maybe because you seem to be an animal attacks person. Yes, I am. It's it's about a fucking gator. Yeah. <laughs> what do you what do you think it's about? I don't know. It could be about a, it could be called that, but it was the seventies, so everyone was just on LSD, yeah. and it's not got no gators in it. I honestly thought it was Burt Reynolds. His character was named Gator. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I do love animal attacks movies. Because there's a Burt Reynolds shark movie, too. We should have teamed those up. Is that what we did? No. Yeah. I didn't know there was a Burt Reynolds. Anyways, we're way off topic, even by our standards. Let's... <laughs> uh, so rec- recommend pretty much from everybody if, if you're a John Carpenter fan and just want to complete complete the watching experience. Yeah, it won't, it won't ruin your day if you're a John Carpenter fan. And like I say, it's interesting to see how how much of an artist that guy is. But, you know, if you don't get to pick your own colors, how much can your painting really turn out the way you want it to? Um, it's it's strange. All right. Well, Doug, do you want to do you want to clue us in on uh, <laughs> Eyes of a Stranger? Uh, sure, it's a shockingly similar movie. <laughs> um, <laughs> so there's this killer going around doing killer things, chopping people's heads off and stuff like that. Um, he seems to be focusing in. We once again have a female lead who works in the TV industry seems to be focusing in on her. She decides to start investigating and track it down. Uh, the difference is that she has randomly inserted in this movie, there's a like a, is she blind and deaf? Is that the idea? The younger sister? Yes. So, but, it, but it seems to be a psychological issue, not a physical issue. Yeah. So anyways, so eventually the guy goes after the sister because he's tired of getting picked on by the older sister who's been tracking him down and then they kill him because that's what you do it's a weirdly like simple plot but with a lot of weird complex turns such as the fact that like the first 10 minutes of the movie is all about people who just get killed off it's just very oh it's like scream like um and yeah like like i say the whole plot of the sister having this like psychological issue and then there's the boyfriend who's trying to move into the family but the 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 older sister is hesitant because she's like well how are you going to deal with having this girl around all the time and it's like why is all this happening and what started out is basically a slasher Mm -hmm. uh from what i've heard or what i read this was supposed to be a pretty uh run-of-the-mill like thriller movie Okay, but then the uh, the slasher boom was taken off because this was 1980, and so they decided to film a lot more gore and slasher type scenes and edit that into the movie to make sure. it sure. It does feel that it does feel a bit 
disconjoined mm-hmm. uh, where you know those slasher elements don't necessarily blend with the thriller movie that they're making yeah uh but that even said i liked both elements i thought it worked well the slasher stuff in particular at the beginning i was just hoping it would just be all that um so when they started doing the more thriller storytelling i'm like okay you know now she's breaking into his apartment and trying to prove that he's the guy and all that i'm like that's all really well done i kind of wish somebody would get killed <laughs> yeah he kind of stops killing after a while after she starts like chasing him down and then he's like well shit i can't kill now i feel like maybe in the original movie um and like what you're saying confirms this but i feel like maybe he wasn't supposed to have killed like so many people (laughs) it wasn't supposed to be like you know the opening half hour of the movie is him killing people and then they've added that in which i'm kind of glad they did because i would be worried what would happen if you stretch this movie out to full runtime without all those kills but Mm mm-hmm I thought it worked. Probably more people walking around their apartment, the stuff that Noah liked in the last movie. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, I have, I have complaints. <laughs> well, before you get into them, I will say, uh, the reason some of the slashery stuff works so well is because Tom Savini was doing the special effects. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. They were, they were Savini esque. So I was, uh, I'm not mm-hmm. surprised to hear that, but I hadn't taken the time to look up who did them. Yeah. Awesome. Also, wire got crossed in my brain. Wrong movie. Gator. Gator's the one where he's swamp cop. So the movie Gator. Swamp, that's right. So all you're mocking us. Yes. Different Gator movie. Sorry. <laughs> uh, were you thinking alligator? Is that what you're thinking? With no, Robert Forrester? No. I was. I can't remember what the fuck the name of it is. There's there's like 20 Gator movies. I don't fucking <laughs> really but my brain just my brain just fixed itself it went <laughs> my brain went gator mccluskey you idiot and i was like oh yeah that movie different movie should we do gator month is that what you're saying doug yeah i want to i want to watch alligators eat people for a month at least to break up. or maybe just have a bunch of them so that we can just go back to that well whenever we feel like it but once again we are now planning the show instead of doing the show yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so my biggest complaint so I have a few things. Number one, uh, gratuitous rape scenes. Not a big fan. Like, yeah, in, sure. in this in this one, they are. You can you can tell the, by the way they're shot. They're they're sexualized, which is I don't. It's gross. Yeah. Uh, and the other thing. So far, be it for me to to victim blame in a movie, but the main character is the dumbest motherfucker ever to be. In a movie. <laughs> She is the dumbest motherfucker. Like I, halfway through the movie, I was like, "She deserves to fucking die." Like, she, what the fuck is she doing at any point in this film? She sees him at the beginning of the movie get out of the car with a blood-soaked shirt. He hides the blood-soaked shirt and doesn't see her. Goes inside at that exact moment. She could have just walked over there, written down his license plate number put the bloody shirt in a bag, went to the police into fucking movie. Like in, in that kind of thing happens about 20 fucking times. And instead she decides to fucking MacGyver her stupid ass into his fucking apartment, which that's a great fucking idea. Let's go. This guy's a dangerous murderer. I should break into his fucking apartment like an idiot. Twice. The second time, after they have evidence, they've got they've got it locked up. He's going to get arrested, and she goes and breaks into his apartment again. 
Fuck, fuck her. Fuck her right in her face. <laughs> <laughs> but not gratuitously. Not gratuitously. I was going to say, to be fair, I think that was that was what he wanted. But Now, I agree with some of what you're saying, Noah. However, had this character been intelligent, we would not have had that fantastic moment where he comes home with her in the apartment and she's dangling off the side of the building. And that was amazing. <laughs> And then she has to, she like, again, you say MacGyver, but then she becomes a gymnast for a split second out of nowhere and swings down into the next balcony. Jesus that when she just lets herself into that apartment from the balcony and walks through and just politely says hi to that old couple and leaves out the front door. I was laughing out loud. I was watching this movie like in a hotel room with my kids. I had headphones in and I'm trying like so hard not to wake my child up by screaming with laughter. But the look on that old man's face when they just walk by and the old lady kind of like shrugs at him. Like that's amazing. I was really expecting the movie to have a different ending too. I mean, it's close to what I thought it was going to be, but I don't know. I was kind of expecting the second blind and deaf check that he like assaults her that she was just going to fuck him up. I wanted her to. That's that's yeah. really the way I thought it was going to end, because throughout the movie, we learned that the whole reason why she's blind and deaf is that she was sexually assaulted whenever she was a child. And apparently it was rather brutal. And left her with some brain damage and some other stuff. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah. Jason Lee's first movie, by the way. Yeah. Can we like we should stop there and go like, holy shit that performance as a first movie it's really good like playing blind and deaf is very very either one of those things is very difficult to do both i was talking to shara about her because shara actually recognized her too and i was like you know what the bad thing about her not talking in this movie is she's so young and i want to see if she does the weird m thing you know (laughs) she she talks weird I'm trying to compliment her acting. You criticize her, her pronunciation her, later. Her acting is fantastic. What's wrong with her upper lip? Why does she talk like this in every thing she's in? Like her upper lip is constantly making M's where it shouldn't be. I've I've never witnessed that. You'll see you'll see it every time now. I'm not going to. Um, I want to talk again. I want to say for. For a kid that age in her first movie, this perform like I would believe that she was blind the way she plays it in this movie. And that's very, very difficult to pull off. And they don't do any of the cheesy just like give her sunglasses or anything like that. They actually she actually just has like, you know, her face exposed the whole time. She plays it really well. There's a number of scenes where she's like feeling around for shit and it looks very, very real. I, I I was super impressed with it. Hmm. I didn't think she did that good of a job. Really? I, she Well, she does the staring up into a corner thing that's kind of like the an acting cheat for doing blind, if that makes sense. But it's not. I understand why you do it. It's because it's hard to pretend not to be able to see something. Yeah. No. But... But yeah, I'm not saying I'm fine. not saying I'm not saying she's a terrible actress. I just I thought this uh, specific um, her trying to act blind wasn't super great. Yeah, oh, I disagree. I think she did a great job. Did you guys yeah, find fine. Did you guys find it weird that they 
they decided that those two actresses were going to be sisters and one of them is 45 and the other is 15. <laughs> 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 like, it, like, yeah, you're what? not supposed to ask those questions. <laughs> yeah, there was, was no podcasting back when they made these movies. I mean, uh, even once they started doing the flashbacks to explain their relationship, I was like, that doesn't make any fucking sense. Why is she so much older? No. Like, It's no. rare, but it can happen. Is it? Is it confirmed she's supposed to be 15 in this movie? No, I'm exact. I'm exaggerating. No, but they exaggerating. I mean, okay, I, was I, like, mean, I don't remember her being 15. But, yeah. I mean, they well, look. They look as she looks. Uh, the blonde chick looks a solid 15 years older. Oh yeah, that I agree with. It's definitely yeah. an adult and a child living together, right? And it's a little bit weird that one's the sister and one's the yeah. It's just the Jennifer Jason Lee nudity at the end. Was definitely weird, and if you were going to say that she was supposed to be fifteen, that's even weirder. But back in the seventies and eighties, they had this whole weird thing about, well, the actress isn't underage, what? so it's fine. Well, how, yeah, what I year was this movie? Eighty-one. So eighty-two is Fast Times at Ridgemont High, where she's like all sorts of naked. So I don't know why you're so weirded out by it. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm say, saying the, the character was supposed to be fifteen, and that makes it weird. Yeah, how no, old is, that's exactly I, how old the character in Fast Times is. Yeah, I, uh, I think uh, the character... I've, I haven't seen Fast Times okay, in forever, okay. so... I think she's only supposed to be slightly younger than the other one, who's, I'm, I'm assuming, is supposed to be 30, maybe? I mean, she's, she's a fucking newscaster. I'm guessing she has some kind of education. <laughs> she didn't become a newscaster straight out of high school, but who, who knows? But what, I was the problem is the the age difference of the actresses fucks all up. <laughs> they they just don't look anything remotely close to each other, which makes you assume like you assume that's her daughter through the first whatever twenty minutes of the movie before they're like, oh no. She was molested as a child, and she was molested as a child because her sister was being a dumb bitch. <laughs> Which apparently yeah, I, continues I, into adulthood. <laughs> I had to remember. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. They're sisters. <laughs> I, I, when they first showed her, I'm like, okay, I don't remember. Uh, mother, daughter? Nope, sisters. All right. Apparently, And apparently the blind girl is an oopsie baby, if they're that far apart. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know because I'm I, in the flashback. I mean, she only looks what maybe, maybe five years older than her. I mean, maybe the older sisters just just lived a hard life. Maybe, <laughs> maybe she's so fucking stupid. She just aged faster. <laughs> she she just kept forgetting her birthday and celebrating it and two three times a year. You know. <laughs> I just, I mean, seriously, through this whole fucking, every fucking decision she makes, I was like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> like, no one would make that decision. I mean, and then she asked some of the weirdest, there's a, there's a line in this movie is, can cuckoo clocks play music? <laughs> that's, that's a fucking, that is a thing that that character says in this movie. Later she checks. She checks. She goes to a cuckoo clock and changes it to see if it'll play music. <laughs> I mean, god um, damn. I kind of forgot about that line until you brought it up. It's pretty ridiculous. 
she, doesn't she acknowledge the line's ridiculous when she says it? Like, this might sound crazy, but can cuckoo clocks play music? Yeah. <laughs> the first half of your sentence was right. The rest of it shouldn't have gotten said. It's, I, Jesus. And we were talking, so the second, not the first strip club scene, but the second strip club scene. Uh, yeah. but once again, audience, gratuitous. That's, there's yeah, a reason but you, why that. But... What the fuck dance was that chick doing? What was up with that leg shake thing? Somebody <laughs> what the fuck that was. Oh, oh I, I, that was on my list of things to bring up about this movie. I do not know what was going on there. I know, like, strip club scenes. So, so stanky legs. It's like they're always doing some weird, like, go-go dance or whatever. Right. Which I enjoy. I wish... I wish I was telling sure about that. I wish actual strip clubs were closer to these strip clubs in movies where the girls are actually dancing instead of doing like the same weird three gyrating moves. Not look, we've we've accidentally gone down this road before, and I'm going to recommend we not start. We're talking about movie strip clubs. Take your real life strip club stories out of this, please. <laughs> Doug's just saying because he doesn't have any real life strip club stories. I'm- I'm just saying movie strip clubs are great. I liked her go-go dancing. I liked the gyrating. Leg shaking? Weird. Boner killer. (laughs) (laughs) The The leg shaking was definitely weird. I would love to know what they were thinking when they filmed that. And... You know, I mean, like you say, like obviously the whole point of having a strip club in this movie is gratuitous nudity, which... Fine. Like, that's... I'm not complaining about that. Um, but then why not try to make it attractive nudity instead of having a girl spin her leg around off to the side like a weirdo? <laughs> it was just me and Char were both like, what the fuck? What is the leg thing? And then she stopped doing it, and she's, I was like, all right. And I kind of got distracted doing something else. And then she did it again. I was like, no! <laughs> she's doing it. It's a thing. <laughs> There's a pattern to it. It's a dance, Noah. It's on purpose. It's just fucking weird. I don't know. I I just I always thought the point of strip clubs was eroticism and, and not confusion. A lot of people probably see things the way you do. Um but I guess there's you know there's, there's a fetish for everything. Um, I was I was I was getting ready just, to say that entire room, every boner is confused except for one where that is very specifically the thing yeah. that, that guy is into. He's sitting yeah, he's sitting in a pervert's row there with like just twenties lined up, being shake the leg, shake the leg. <laughs> Spin it. Spin the knee. I don't even think I could do what she was doing. I don't think my knee moves that way. Maybe that's what they were trying to show off. And that guy's name is Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> <laughs> no way he his gaze never gets as high as the knee we all know that <laughs> maybe she's shaking she's shaking her foot really fast so that he can't keep can't track it <laughs> quit look at my foot you fucking pervert <laughs> all right uh, anybody want to get back to discussing a, the movie this is a way better movie if that was the thing <laughs> Does anybody want to discuss the movie at all? Look, can we at least talk about the cool kills? Because at the beginning, when that guy's head got chopped off, that was like that was a clapping kind of moment for me. I laughed, I laughed so fucking hard. So I get it; it's Savini. Savini's great, but the actual head coming off effect was so fucking bad. 
That was the worst mannequin head thing I think I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> but sometimes that's okay. I loved watching it happen. The head, the fish tank, great, good effect. Yeah. Be, do you want to know why? Because it was, that was an effect. Well, I was gonna say because it's actually the guy's head. But I'm saying with the which is fucking dumb. For, well, I mean, what's the worst that could happen? The guy drowns. <laughs> yeah, if you get a cool shot out of it. I read the trivia. I read the trivia on this, and I'm just like, why did they go through this much effort? Because they literally built a fake wall so he could put his head through, built the aquarium around, you know, the space where his head would go through, uh, filled it up. And apparently he was really good at holding his breath for a really long time, which is why they decided to do this. And then they had a vacuum and a guy with a hammer standing by so that if they needed to, they could vacuum the water out of the fuck. The 70s are awesome, man. Fuck, can you imagine? That guy might die. Get a get a vacuum. That's amazing. And I'm like, was all this worth it? You could have just put a fake head in the tank, and it would have been fine. Why do you need to build a fake wall, fake aquarium for him to put his head through? Have a guy with a hammer vacuum. I mean. Wouldn't it have been easier if they just got like a scuba tank and a mask and just like let him breathe, take it away, shoot the shot, walk back in, put the mask back on? (laughs) We spent a lot of time talking about John Carpenter in the last movie, and I used the word artist several times. Tom Savini is an artist. If he says this is the way you get the special effect shot, then you do it. It's right, and it worked perfectly. So... You guys are both wrong for criticizing. It's definitely I, worth it. It looked I, great. I will say, so the actual gory violence, and, and Brian already spoke to the fact that they kind of redid it, but it's so intermittent that it's so jarring. Like that first one, that, that first scene sets this expectation of what this film's going to be. And then it's not that. Yeah. And then you really don't have another like, bloody thing until we get all the way to where his car gets stuck in the beach and he fucking shakes that dude in the throat and and once again you're so unprepared for it because there's there's been none of that for I don't know 30 minutes in the movie and then all of a sudden yeah you're like whoa shit (laughs) well and it's you can tell too because it's super weird because when he finally goes in and goes after the younger sister um or sorry, much, much younger sister for Noah's sake. Um, when he finally does that, it's not like a big bloody gory scene like, like that. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't just walk in and start hacking her up the way he clearly could. So it's, uh, it's, it's pretty obvious watching the movie, what was inserted afterwards in order to make this fit the slasher trend, but it's well done. So I don't care. I just like the fact that it's done. I was going to say Savini would have smashed some fake glass in the guy's eye when she hits him with the coffee pot. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is kind of like, yeah, she smashes the thing over his head, sort of knocks some furniture over. And you're like, yeah, OK, like that stuff's all right. And then cut to the end where he's violently shot and falls into the shower. Yep. She, like, wow, those are 
She also kicks him in the balls so hard. <laughs> and because of the way it's shot, she had to really kick him in the balls. So I'm guessing they had a cup or something on him, but God, I bet that fucking still hurt. <laughs> I mean, he can't get kicked in the balls and have it not hurt. I don't care. Like, I don't, There's no protective equipment that works. Um, yeah, it doesn't sound like a fun day at the office. So, I mean, overall, did we like this movie? Did we not like this movie? I know Noah had some complaints, but... It's, I just... So, I like I like the kills. I, I think the acting's not as good in this as uh, the no. last one. Ex- mm. Especially the fucking boyfriend. Oh, what was the line? God damn it. I even like jotted it down somewhere so I would remember. God damn it. He fucking he's yelling at the girlfriend and he says a sentence and says it in a way that no human being has ever said that sentence ever. He puts the emphasis on the wrong word. What the fuck was it? I can't remember, but I actually know what you're talking about. I don't remember the line, the actual line, but I remember it happening and going, what the fuck? Why why is he talking like that? Yeah, Yeah, it's, it's atrocious. And it's not it's not even just the boyfriend, it's the boyfriends, because the guy in the, that first like 10 minute interval, he's atrocious, too. I'm, I'm trying to, because he says he says something like overkill, but he like puts all the emphasis on the last bit. He's like, this is all going overkill. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> what in the broken robot fuck did you just say? Yeah, <laughs> it's also funny now that you bring up the boyfriend at the beginning. As well, uh, how there's a serial killer going around and all the men in the city decide, well, this is a good time to start pranking my girlfriend. (laughs) Right. I just don't know why that's their first thought. Everybody's like jumping out at their girlfriends and scaring them. And it's just like, what the fuck? Um, I think it's because when you're like in the writer's room and they're like, we need to turn this into a slasher movie. How do we add in some stuff? You got 15 minutes. <laughs> I think that's what I think that's what you're complaining about. You just don't really. Yeah, it's not sure. clear in the film if that's exactly what happened. I was uh, gonna say, and so maybe it's an editing issue. But to to speak once again to the stupidity of the main character, the first time she sees the guy is right after she just got in trouble at work because she's so heated over this story of this dude raping and murdering women in the city, and that the cops aren't getting anything done. She pulls into her garage, immediately sees a guy in a bloody shirt get out of the scar, and she's just like, hmm, that's weird. And then just goes fucking up to her room. <laughs> uh, what about this guy's uh, crank calling voice, too? I found he'd it call, effective. he call a girl and be like, Diane! It's just like, what I, the fuck? I actually found it effective. I found it just so off-putting and that it was if I got a call in that voice I'd be creeped out so it almost reminded me of like the New York Ripper where he sounds like Donald Duck (laughs) it's not quite that far but it's pretty close I I mean it's obviously ripped off from Black Christmas which is a smart thing to do if you're trying to make this type of movie Mm. Um, and it's not as effective as that movie obviously but I, I did find it effective that I thought the way he would talk into that phone. Like if I like I say, if I was getting calls like that, I would be creeped out. And that's 
I guess all you can kind of that's all you can kind of expect from it, right? Yeah. I mean, you you also have to be extra pissed off at the cops in this show, where women keep calling the police and be like, "I'm getting calls. There's a man threatening me," and they're like, "Man, we're everybody's getting those." And then that person gets murdered, and they're like, "Hmm." And then another woman calls. There's a guy harassing me. Meh. Yeah, it's particularly bad in this movie. Like in both movies, you get that thing where um, the cop is just like, sorry, I can't just because he calls and says mean things to you on the phone. We can't do anything about that. It's like, yes, you absolutely can. You I, Even in the 70s, the cops could definitely do something about that if they chose to. You're choosing not to. And probably laziness. Um mm. But well, especially like, okay. in, in the last movie where they finally go, look, sometimes we've got weird methods and we bully people out of town. And maybe that's not 100% legal, but it's effective. And it's like, well, earlier you said you couldn't do anything because yeah. he was just calling and being mean. Yeah, so you can't, like, once they have a reason to go after him, then they can use their weird methods. But they can't. <laughs> <laughs> they won't cross that line of going after a guy if, unless there's a textbook reason to do it. Poor Uncle Leo. I know, right? All he did was be like, hello. And he, had, and he had some pictures that they didn't show us, but that were disturbing enough that the cops made him leave town. <laughs> <sighs> and And how does she respond to them not doing anything? Hmm, what's the dumbest fucking thing somebody could do? Oh, yeah, get the guy's number and call him and start harassing him. (laughs) (laughs) I liked that element of the film. I know it's stupid. You're not wrong. But it was fun to watch her, like, call him. And uh, a couple times where he, like, gets mad and hangs up. And it's like, well, that's good. You deserve that. That's what you get for harassing all those women and then murdering them. Yeah, that's what it's like, dick. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, oh movies from the 70s and 80s when there was no caller id and no star 69 it's so fucking funny to watch now where she like she call she literally calls like um like the operator and it's just like can i have the number for this guy and they're like sure no problem and then they just give it to her and then she just calls that guy and it's like there's no way for him to find out what happened <laughs> it's so hilarious now now I, I just like, like that nowadays like the it would be like a harassing phone call on your cell phone and you'd be like well that dude's a dick well i'll just block this number and then you yeah. block it and then the movie's over i mean it doesn't even have to be a harassing phone call it's like what the phone is ringing <laughs> somebody's not texting me and calling me this is yeah, horrible it's like because really like the big problem with phones now is that sometimes you're trying to have a conversation with somebody through text and you forget that the last message was through like messenger or some other texting app (laughs) and you get confused right like didn't i send you this already oh i sent it the other way okay uh anything else about eyes of a stranger Um, no i don't it's a maybe recommend i don't it's it's hard to, it's it, just the gratuitous uh rape scenes is almost like uh, i don't know because there's a lot of gratuitous violence as well and i think that offsets it's true like i i would recommend this movie over the other movie because i think it's more fun to watch i don't think either one of them is what i would describe as a, typically as a good movie but this one has you know over the top moments that are fun to watch both gore and ladies jumping from balcony to balcony um you know the insertion of the 
the blind sister is needless entirely, but it's kind of fun to watch. Like that scene is genuinely creepy when he's in the kitchen with the blind girl and he's moving stuff off the counter and she can't find it. Then he kind of puts it back in a different spot and it's fucking her up and she eventually figures out somebody else is there. Mm. See, I think that was one of the scenes I had a problem with her blind acting. Really? Yeah. And maybe it was just like, well, come on. You would feel like movement of air. You would realize somebody was standing there at some point, but no. Well, but it's a 1981 movie, so I shouldn't think too hard about it. That's a reasonable thing to say. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's a, it's a better movie if the dumb blonde chick gets murdered about three quarters in. Yeah, like then, just if like he just comes in and sees her hanging off the balcony and just like stomps on her hands and she falls to her death. Right, right, or figures out who she is and, like, kills her in the parking lot. Whatever. And then the rest of the movie is, like, him cat-and-mousing the poor blind deaf girl, and then she fucks him up. I I definitely felt like the the blind girl should have got the kill at the end. Um, And there was a few moments where I thought she was going to, and I was very excited for her. How fucked up would it be if he killed he killed the older sister and nobody knew how to talk to the deaf blind girl so she just never found out and then had to fight off this creepy guy? I was I oh, was going to yeah. say it, it, additional <laughs> gratuitous scenes. So she shoots the guy, right? She thinks she thinks he's down for the count. She goes into the bathroom and uh, did we mention that she miraculously starts to get her sight back? I don't we, know. Oh, I, don't I, don't, I don't think we mentioned that. I don't know that. if we mentioned that. Yeah. It, it's a weird addition that's unnecessary, but I, you know, it's whatever. It's one of those. Uh, well, again, in the original movie, before they added in all the gore, that was a major plot point, and they just like, ah, fuck it, two more kills, get rid of that plot. But so she kind of has this whole weird thing where she's relearning to see, and you know, oh, I see the blood on my hands, I'm going to go wash that off. She goes in the bathroom, she sees herself in the mirror, she touches the mirror, realizes it's her, touches her face, and then immediately pops out a titty. <laughs> like to be like ah my titty now to be fair is, you say you say pop out her shirt had been ripped it wasn't that hard to yeah, like, well get yeah but i'm saying it yeah. was covered and she uncovered the sure. titty i agree i mean yeah you could you could formulate so the argument though that she's checking out like what he was grabbing at earlier in the movie right like, trying to understand because she wouldn't her body wouldn't have existed in that form the last time she could see I, I, I suppose it's still I, I don't know that weird that weird shot of her just like popping out a titty at the end of the movie and you're like it's a little weird what in the fuck <laughs> <laughs> this director should be fired <laughs> like <laughs> or hired because it's the 80s that's what they wanted yeah right. to be fair there might have just been a clause like every, uh, this many percentages of the actresses have to show their boobs and they were like on the last day of filming and be like shit we're low <laughs> producers are like not going to pay them their budget if they don't get into the titty shot get in there and pop out a titty thanks for calling the midnight drive-in no one is here to take your call for more info check out the midnight drive-in on twitter at mn drive-in pod or find us on facebook if you want to email us send it to the midnight drive-in at gmail.com Remember, no outside food and drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you.
calling. Uh, what did everybody watch? Uh, not much this week, actually. Mm. Uh, because I, I did go see two movies like I have been, but one of those was going to see Free Guy again because Char wanted to see it. Uh, <laughs> okay. Hey, hey, guess what? Still, still pretty good. <laughs> well, I went, I went and saw it this week, so. Fuck, I'm starting to feel left out. Yeah, it's still pretty good. And then I went back and I saw uh, The Protégé, which is the new one with uh, Michael Keaton, Samuel L. Jackson, and actress whose name I don't know. It's too bad we don't live in a future society where you can just look something like that up. Yeah, I, I, I could, but that would take moments of our precious, precious time. I have no idea what movie you're talking about, so you're going to be a lot more descriptive. The protege. So basically, uh, Samuel L. Jackson is an assassin, and he has this chick who he's training to be an assassin, kind of. He adopted her as a child, and they're good friends. Uh, they're starting work on another job, locating a person, and all of a sudden, everybody that was looking into this guy gets killed, and including Samuel L. Jackson's character and their random techie guy. And then she goes on a one-woman mission to find out why and kill all the motherfuckers. Well, that sounds kind of fun. I, was, I assume you're talking about Maggie Q. Uh, I did, if that's her name, then sure. Female yeah, it's her, it, it is her name, yeah. Yes. Uh, it's So it's pretty good, although the main meat of the story is weird and the messaging's odd and I don't a, a couple moments in it I don't get I think they took a movie that was supposed to be dumb fun and tried to art it up and and instead they just kind of like fucked up <laughs> that makes sense because it's not bad it just could be way better there, there's a whole through line, and, and they kind of show it in the trailer, of Michael Keaton's character and the main female character are uh, clearly into each other, and yet they're on the opposite sides of this battle, so they're going to fuck each other up eventually. And that ends up consuming the entire plot. Like, the, who, the, who the mysterious bad guy is almost becomes irrelevant by the end of the movie and at the end of the movie um well spoiler alert i'm not gonna say who but uh, one of the main characters makes a whole speech about uh the the nature of evil basically you know that there's there's most people are good and do a bad thing every once in a while and some people are bad and do everything they can to like kind of toe the line and then there are the people who just don't give a fuck which are the assassins and all that kind of stuff. But real evil people are the ones that pretend that bad things are good things or something weird. Like, you know, it's one of those speeches and you're like, shut the fuck up. I don't, I don't care. Shut the fuck up. Just, just fucking kill somebody. <laughs> I came here to watch a, a fun movie of people shooting each other. This is, you guys are trying to be Leon the professional and you can't pull it off because you don't have Gary Oldman. Everyone. Everyone. Fuck, I love that movie. <laughs> but yeah, so it's it's good. I think it's just muddled. So it's not as good as it could be. Mm -hmm. 
maybe other people will disagree with me. I don't want to go much further into it because then again, we'll get all spoilery. But right. oh yeah, could have been better. More movies next week. So many movies. I was I was also going to go see. Uh, uh, God damn it! What's it called? Ghost House. Something I think you're like just that. making up titles. Now there's like a weird haunted house thrillery movie out right now that I can't remember what the fuck it's called. <laughs> I hope it's called Ghost House because that's the most on the nose title for a movie. It's, it's got a it's got a stupid fucking name. The Night House. Oh, oh that's better. House. I mean, it's no ghost house. It's equally, it's equally a stupid fucking on the nose title. Yeah, but I feel like the ghost house is like the Wayans Brothers presents Ghost, ghost House. house. <laughs> I'd watch that. So maybe <laughs> well, I'll go. That. It was called a haunted house. Maybe I'll go see that this weekend. But I think more shit's coming out this weekend that I want to see. This this year's this, the rest of the year's packed. Well, Candyman comes out this week, so. Oh yeah, fucking Candyman! That better not suck. If I, if it sucks, I'm gonna be so fucking mad. <laughs> Did anybody go to like the uh, web page where you have to say into your mic the word Candyman in order to get access to a special trailer or whatever? No, but that's amazing. It's apparently yeah, you got to go to the thing and you just say Candyman five times into your mic, and then a special trailer shows up. I didn't do it. I just heard about it. Too scared. That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did you watch anything else now uh well i i started watching titans so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm up to date on season three uh, two? good de- good decisions and bad decisions yeah like they came in hard and i was kind of like all right coming in hard but then kind of it just went weird places i mean don't don't get me wrong i kind of agree with where the show's going that batman's kind of a piece of shit and that everyone needs to recognize that if that makes sense but like stoner asshole scarecrow's fucking weird yeah i'm not a fan yeah it's not it's just not good like i don't i don't understand why they did that with that character no, they could do a lot with that character, and I feel like they just ruined that whole opportunity. Right. Uh, yeah, but I mean, besides that, I don't have I don't have a whole lot of complaints. I'm a little upset that they went right back to uh, Starfire losing control all the time again, and it's like, God damn it! That was fucking season one. Don't don't rehash the same shit. It's fucking yeah. boring. Hmm. But yeah, yeah. Those, that's that's really my only complaints is that I feel like they're being I feel like they're being lazy and I feel like they're making the same mistake that Arrow made. And that is they went in to make one TV show and everyone decided, yeah, but Batman. So let's just do Batman. <laughs> and now they're trying to do Batman, but it's a team. It's the Batman team. It's weird. Yeah. Don't, don't don't fucking do that. Just leave the Batman shit alone and walk away. Yeah, and doing uh, Death in the Family is awkward. But then following it up immediately with <laughs> The Red Hood Returns makes absolutely no sense. I, I, but, I mean, in the next episode, like, they didn't even... Yeah. <laughs> like, if they would have killed him off, at, like, it, towards the end of last season, and not even had to do the uh, 
whole death in the family stick with it, but just killed him off somehow. And then this season he pops up as the Red Hood. Like, okay, I could get it, but literally killing him off in the first episode. Second episode, I wonder who this Red Hood guy is. Third episode, oh, it's Jason Todd. It's like, Jesus, like, tell a story. Don't just cram it all in. Damn. I was going to say, I watched the first couple that, episodes. That, that upsets me, and I haven't even watched that, just for the record. <laughs> that pisses me off what you just said. Yeah. It's, I like, it's, I don't know. They make, it, Titans is one of those shows that it has such potential, and they do so good for, like, a, a string of time, and then they mm-hmm. just make a bad decision. Yeah. I mean, unlike doom patrol where i feel like they almost always make the right decision occasionally they fuck something up or do something weird that you're like come on guys but i have faith in it that comes out 99 99 percent of the time is gold yeah uh and then of course i also watched the first couple episodes of what if oh yeah i figured Uh we could talk about that i didn't know yeah yeah i've seen the first two yeah Watch who's a watcher. Do we want to talk about that at the end so we can do spoilers? Yeah, probably a good idea. Okay. Uh, so that's it for me. What'd you watch, Doug? Uh, I only really have the one to talk about, which is uh, Before I Wake, the Mike Flanagan film from mm-hmm. 2017. Yeah. I said that so smoothly so nobody would know I was checking. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean... God damn it, Mike Flanagan's a good director. Right. So for pe- people who haven't seen it, the basic concept is that this family adopts a boy and it turns out his uh, dreams and nightmares basically start to manifest in the house, right? Um, and it takes a super interesting turn where he dreams about their deceased son. So they're sitting in the living room and their kid walks out and they eventually figure out that the reason that happened is um, because this new kid dreamed about him, which is it leads to this really cool discussion where like the mom is like trying to get him to go to sleep. So he'll dream about the her original son more. And there's this interesting discussion that ends up taking place about like, is that like a, that's almost child abuse, right? Like and, and also you're. What if he has a nightmare instead of a dream? We don't know, right? So it's we don't know what could happen. And she's it, it ends up being way more interesting than the original concept suggests. Um, yeah. And like the visuals are fantastic, which I mean it's kind of a given in a Mike Flanagan film. He knows how to just walk that line where it's like in this movie, it's like butterflies that he uses a lot that are just kind of always there floating around the screen there clearly must be cgi or whatever but it's done in a way where it just looks really cool not necessarily real but cool um and yeah he just like i think i said on instagram something to the effect of like he takes these like simple concepts whether it's a an evil mirror or a kid that's dreams come true and he just elevates them into these really fantastic movies by you know just using the visuals and by creating an atmosphere and by adding in these little twists like i say with the parents having this moral dilemma of how to handle this um yeah i don't just fantastic um i know you're a fan right brian yeah i talked about it i think i watched it like right after it came out 
I think yeah. I talked about it on here. But yeah, just the idea of once they find out, like, oh, we can sort of see our dead son again. And so let's start pumping him full of information about our dead son. So it sort of creates this more yeah. full like picture of who this kid was before he passed away. What a and then, yeah, idea. The, the, the dilemma of like, well, that's not fair to us. That's not fair to him. That's not, you know, mm-hmm. and this was before the movie 1922 came out. And I remember thinking like, Oh shit, that's right. Thomas Jane is a good actor. Like we're used to seeing him in like a lot of action-y type stuff. And then we're just like, oh shit, that's right. He can sit down and like have a conversation and have it be like really interesting. That's that's one of those ones I keep meaning to see. And then it slips in my mind that it exists. I was the same way for a long time with it. It's worth seeing. Like just it's, I'd recommend it to literally any horror fan. It's just like, right. It's it's an utterly fantastic movie, and like I'm kicking myself for not having seen everything Mike Flanagan did. <laughs> I, I don't know why I haven't, and I'm going to continue tracking things down. Mm-hmm. And naturally, yeah, gotta... not starting with the easy to find big budget stuff. I'm going to be looking for the you know the 2017. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's like a Film Rise original officially is how it was listed. See, I was going to say you guys are in it for the Flanagan. I'm just like, ooh, Thomas Jane. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, both both good reasons. Honestly, I got no problem yeah. with Thomas Jane. I think he's, I do think he's a good actor who, like many, just you know could make a lot more money by blowing things up and stuff. So mm-hmm. that's what he was doing for a while. Yeah, you could tell that he had a lot of fun in this movie because I, I could tell there's scenes where he's improving with the little kid. But yeah. I mean, it's it's not like an entire scene. It's just like the very end of a scene. Like there's one scene where they're eating cake or whatever. And he doesn't have a fork, so he's like, yeah, I'm just going to use my fingers like like a gentleman or something. And just the way he delivers it and is talking to this kid, you can tell it's just like a genuine moment that just like works really well with him. Yeah. And I think that's sometimes like it's so hard to have a relationship between an adult and a child on camera um, mm. that, that really feels good. And so sometimes just capturing those little moments can mean so much. And, you know. You don't think about it because it is silly moment where he's eating cake with his fingers, right? Except that by doing that, it really makes you feel like this is a real guy who's really trying to connect with this real child, you know? And that's, it's just not something you expect to see as much of in these types mm-hmm. of movies. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely worth the watch. Uh, Flanagan's got a new movie coming out through Netflix, I believe, called Midnight Mass that looks pretty interesting. And the trailer just came out yeah. last week, I think. Yeah, I saw it going around and I kind of didn't watch it because I'm like, man, I got so many other Mike Flanagan films to get to. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't got time to be excited for a new one. It's kind of like that. Yeah, so. he's, he's great. I Pretty much, like we said last week, anything I see his name on, I'm like, yep, I'll give that a shot. I really will. It's, Even if it's something I don't think I'm going to be interested in, I'll still at least give it a watch because I know he'll probably do something interesting with it. Yeah, it's just it's so much. He just, Like I say, he just elevates these very simple concepts. I just called up his IMDb and he's the same age as me and he's accomplished so much more with his life. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, you should, you should never do that. No. 
Well, I was just trying to get a list of movies. I wasn't. <laughs> uh, is there any others on his list that you haven't seen yet? Um, I am pulling it up here, but yes, there are because I know that. Like Absentia, I've never seen, which is weird. I think that's the only one of his I haven't seen yet. That's because that's one I wanted to see and back when I didn't know who he was. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, the Ouija one that you actually recommended to me. I haven't seen. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't which, seen, seen Doctor uh, Sleep yet. Oh, you need to watch Doctor Sleep. And I haven't I, the two. I forgot about these two. The two um, Netflix series that he did, which I just haven't. Oh, the haunting movie or haunting yeah, series. Yeah, I, I forgot about those, but uh, those are the ones that I'm kind of saving for the end because I don't really yeah. have space in my life for ten episode series right now. But uh, first season's really good. Um, second season I don't think is nearly as strong but it still has some good moments yes but the first season he directed 10 episodes and the second season he directed one episode so probably say this and this all goes back to the John Carpenter discussion we were having earlier where it's like some of these guys just have this ability to create something out of nothing and Mm. it's it's a talent it's a skill and I don't think the the, the suit people and the money people always recognize that, you know, they, they, mm-hmm. they, they just don't understand it. And I mean, frankly, neither do I, because, you know, I can't, I can't explain exactly why these movies are so much better than the other movies that are made by, you know, with similar <laughs> concepts made by other directors, but they just are. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Ouija origin of evil. I really enjoyed. I never saw the original one. I heard that it was garbage, so I didn't even bother. But then I heard everybody saying like, "Oh, but the 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 prequel, the the sequel, you know, the one after that that's actually a prequel is really good." And I was like, "Oh, okay, I'll check that out." And I really enjoyed it. So, well, I'll be uh, I'll probably get to it because I think I'm just going to keep going through this list. I'm trying not to rush through them because I actually don't really want to be done. So. And uh, Doctor Sleep uh, is really good. Um, I would recommend watching the three-hour director's cut just because I think it's one that he actually, even though it's got more in it, it actually helps the pacing of the movie a little bit and actually expands on some of the better scenes. So it's worth it. And uh, (laughs) it's, it's actually... I would say it's so good because he was able, because he basically did a sequel to the Kubrick movie. Yeah. And in a weird way, made such a good sequel to the Kubrick movie that helped fix a lot of the things that King hated about the Kubrick movie that King said he was able, actually, actually able to like, uh, come to terms with the Kubrick movie and not hate it as much as he used to because now it has like this second chapter to it and it fixes a lot of that while still being like just a good movie so yeah so i'll be excited to hear what you think about that movie yeah i'll get to it anytime still trying to track down his 2011 movie so (laughs) all right and that's it that is literally it yeah uh, well, I watched, we went to the theater. I saw, I watched free guy. Um, mm-hmm. that was a lot of fun. It's just kind of a goofy video <laughs> right. game. 
but but surprisingly better than you'd think it would be, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it has some decent moments that actually make you go, "Yeah, okay." Like, I I, I see their point, but then like the next, you know, somebody gets blown up with a rocket launcher, and you're happy with that too. And uh, spoiler free. Uh, the ending of the movie is kind of rife with Disney references because this is a 20th yeah. century movie, which Disney <laughs> now owns. And it's basically, I mean, it's basically a look directly into the camera and be like, Ryan Reynolds and Disney have signed the contract. <laughs> <You know? laughs> they, they have become one. He is one of our flesh. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. So if you're uh, if you're looking for something fun and just uplifting and have a good time with free guy would definitely be worth a watch. Um, and then uh, my other friend wanted to go to a movie yesterday and I asked him if he had seen Don't Breathe. He said no. So I had him come over. We watched Don't Breathe. Uh, still a lot of fun. And then uh, we went to the theater and watched Don't Breathe, too, which also was a lot of fun. Um, I don't know blind guy fucks up a bunch of people one of them being being Warren from Empire Records which yeah, b- b- bad guy kills worse people <laughs> that I agree with but I feel like they they were we can't get into it because you know it's too spoilery but I feel like they were trying a little, a little hard to make him more sympathetic and endearing and I was still like but turkey baser so, if you're a fan of Don't Breathe, go see Don't Breathe too. Here's a brief glimpse of some of the truly fine pictures we've scheduled in the near future. Uh, all right, Noah, what are we doing next week? <laughs> well, next week. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, I did pick it out. I just got to look it so I can remember what the fucking name of the movies are. We're going to do Of Unknown Origin and Deadly Eyes. All right. Killer, killer rats. Doug put this on the list. I think I did. Yeah, I think Are you no sure? Because Doug thinks he puts every movie on the list. I did not think that because I've seen of known or of unknown origin. We've discussed it on the show previously. I have to rewatch it to remember what I think about it. But yeah. all right, well, we'll be doing that next week. So right. be excited, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> We, but, uh, this hasn't been a great show. We should probably, if anybody's listening to this for the first time, there are better episodes because we're all uh, fucking a little out of it today. Well, you know what's better than this show? Fucking Spider-Man trailer that dropped yesterday. So yep. Ex- so excited. <laughs> what's up with Doctor Strange's hair, though? Does it look weird to everyone else? I thought it was weird that in some of the scenes he's apparently wearing street clothes under the cape. <laughs> that was strange to me. Yeah, just wearing a sweatsuit with some boots. Yeah, I don't know. It looks like a lot of fun. And I watched like a breakdown video on YouTube. And there's like way more, way more shit in the background that I didn't even notice. So is anybody else nervous, though, about between what if and this and the whole multiverse thing is, I don't know. Are you afraid they're going to jump the shark? Yeah. 
I'm afraid there, and I'm afraid that there's never going to be another movie that feels like it has stakes because they are like it turns out who cares about everything that's happened in the MCU before because it was all basically controlled. Uh, we've, uh, we've already been given that. Ah, <laughs> uh, Doug, but that's what we call comic books. <laughs> I know, but that's not <laughs> the worst part of comic books has to eventually come to the movies, right? <laughs> yeah, that's the problem. I don't want that. Yeah, I, and I'm a little nervous about the whole like creating, like like bringing in the Raimi universe, which they're clearly at least hinting at here. For the second time, we're seeing an actor return in the role. Um, okay, I'm, but I'm so fucking excited about that. I just i I think there's a lot of good that can come from it, but I'm a little nervous about what's going to happen and then what is Sony going to do if they're allowed to tie their movies into the MCU through that same kind of idea well uh, the video i watched is considering that this, they may use this to tie off spider-man stuff because i think this is tom holland's last mcu movie on his contract so some are wondering if they're going to use this to jumpstart their spider-verse whatever you want to call it yeah they're pretty <laughs> since uh since Sony got uppity in their last negotiation, there's been a lot of rumblings that they're going to Miles Morales it and, and ship him off to go back to the the Sony verse. See, I just I fucking hope not because that's going to screw up everything. I don't want that happening. If I was Disney, I'd fuck it. I'd sit Tom Holland down and just being like, "Which Star Wars character do you want to be for the rest of your life?" Because we're just <laughs> just just don't sign a deal with Sony and you, you want to do that. You, you want to be the other solo child, the one we didn't mention? It's all you. <laughs> Fucking tr- a trilogy of movies and a couple of Disney Plus series. You want that? You want that guaranteed contract just to not go over there and not let them fuck up our shit? That's what I would yeah. do. Well, I would I'm, say, sure, and I'm, not, I'm not even kidding when I say that. I would literally just sit yeah. that kid down and be like, look, if you start making Spider-Man movies over there, it fucking ruins what we've done. It drags yeah. all their dumb dumb shit that where they don't know what the hell they're doing over to this and please don't yeah um i had a point i completely forgot what it was uh i mean disney could pull just the like let's fucking just buy sony i'm kind of surprised they haven't yet just just to deal with this shit right because there's been rumblings already that they have have been offering Sony to buy out all the Spider-Man stuff. Like they will just give them a gigantic sum of money and be like, just, we just want it back. Here's again, here's like $5 billion. But I still don't understand why Sony doesn't just make a little money off of this and then fucking do their own animated Spider-Man stuff that they know now know they can make money off of. Mm -hmm. Like it's, the answer is obvious. They weren't making money off of Spider-Man, despite the fact that those movies were huge. Yeah. I, I, well, it's, it's crazy that they could make, they could make a bajillion dollars just by going, okay, here's the new deal. We give everything back to Disney. Disney makes the movies and does whatever they want. And we get a three point royalty off of every yeah. Spider-Man franchise thing for the next ten years or something, and and Disney would do that in a heartbeat because they don't give a fuck. They yeah. got a bajillion dollars, and Sony would literally just be printing free fucking money. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's 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 just ego. It's 
the same fucking problem that always happens in Hollywood. It's just ego. It's just some people in Sony high up are just convinced that they can be the ones to save this and they're going to fucking ruin it. And it's frustrating as hell. Yeah. I, I am a little excited. So I think everybody knew that it was going to be a multiverse thing and everybody knew that Dr. Strange was going to be involved in the movie. Mm-hmm. But it feels like it's going to be way more Dr. Strange heavy than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, I agree. I'm uh, yeah. surprised how heavy he is in the trailer, and I'm, I like it. I was going to say, and that bones me up even more because I thought Doctor Strange was way underused in the previous movies. Like, yeah. his movie came out. It's one of my fucking favorite ones that they've done. And then they were like, okay, well, he's going to pop up later <laughs> for for bit parts in the big movies. And it's like, yeah, but why why bit parts in the big movies? He should be big part in the big movies. He's fucking Doctor Strange, goddammit. I think he's going to take more and more of a role on now because they're giving him those one-liners too, which he's very good at. But oh, I think that that moment I, where he's like, "We we saved half of humanity together. You don't have to call me sir." And he's like, "Okay, Stephen. All right, that seems strange." <laughs> like, <laughs> like, yeah, that's that's weird. I'll allow it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I I definitely think I think they're giving. Cumberpatch the opportunity to try to become the new Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, he's never going to be the new Robert Downey Jr., but they're giving him a chance to be a much, much bigger role, right? And take on a more leading position, which makes sense because he ties the old universe in with all the new characters they're bringing in, and he is a hell of an actor who can pull it off, right? Well, and if if they're really doing the Illuminati stuff, which apparently a lot of people think that that's where this is headed, it'll be interesting. I don't know how they'll get there, though. They're missing, like, all the fucking characters. Right. Give them time. So they only got Doctor Strange. Right. Well, I mean, I guess Black Bull, but that inhuman stuff didn't go over very well, right? Yeah, and it got it got ejected. And I mean, technically, they could bring Tony back as like the Tony AI, which I think might be a thing. Mm. We'll see. We'll see what happens, because Robert Downey Jr.'s kind of hinted that he might be popping up in something. And my guess is he's going to be popping up in Black Panther 2 is the Mm. Tony AI. Yeah. Which he should totally do. He should just take the Jarvis role. Look how we modeled this AI off of uh, Tony Stark's brain waves or whatever complicated shit they say. Right. And he then makes he, a, just, he makes cut, a bajillion dollars. He doesn't have to yeah. do any physical stuff. Comes in for a week, records all of his shit in a sound booth, and then uh, he's good to go. Hmm. I mean, they've already pretty much confirmed that Ironheart's going to be in Wakanda forever. Yeah. In which, I, I got to be honest, makes me a little nervous. Right. I just feel like that that movie is going to have a lot of heavy lifting to do. Well, the Ironheart comic book didn't. It wasn't very good. Like it just wasn't. And never read it. And it wasn't super popular. I I mean, it's one of those things that they kept printing it, but the the sales didn't really justify it. Mm. I don't. I don't know. I I just don't. 
I, I get what they're trying to do in which they're trying to, you know, diversify and, and add these new characters and all that kind of stuff, which everybody wants. But repackaging old characters pisses people off a lot more than creating new characters. Mm-hmm. And Ironheart's just a repackaged Iron Man is a girl, you know. It's a lot. Yeah. I don't know. There's still, I mean, the Spider-Man movies coming out. We still got Shang-Chi, which I know Noah's excited about. Shang-Chi! I'm going to go see it, but I mean, it's not like one that I'm like super excited about. Eternals, even with the new trailer, I'm just kind of like, eh. Like, I I'm still sure don't. It'll be fine, but I don't. I wish I was I better read on the Eternals because even even with all the trailers and stuff, I'm like, I have no idea what the fuck is going on in this. Like, what the fuck? What the fuck is this movie about? Who's the bad guy? What the fuck are they doing? Yeah, I have no I have no clue. I mean, the only the only character I know jack shit about is Black Knight. That's it. <laughs> like, Black Knight's great. I do, but I don't know which of the 20 fucking versions of Black Knight that have existed over the course of Marvel he's going to be. Yeah. I kind of hope crazy guy with a cursed sword. Uh, I do like, and by saying I do like, I mean, I find it hilarious that they knew this was going to be a problem. That they had to put in, you know, into the movie, somebody going, well, if you guys are so powerful, where the fuck were you when Thanos was going to kill everybody? And they're like, well... We promised we wouldn't, so we didn't. I'm like, well, that's a shitty excuse. I do, uh, I do like the th- the fact that they're like, we have never interfered until now, and it's like, well, you should have fucking interfered <laughs> a little earlier. You did know, did half whole, when the whole fucking world ended? Did half of you shit. just uh, turn into dust? Because if not, uh, fuck you. And I know it's an unpopular opinion, but. I'm not a big Angelina Jolie fan. Yeah. Oh, me neither. I could take her or leave her. Yeah. I never, I've never been like, oh, an Angelina Jolie movie. Like, she's fine and stuff, but it, it doesn't, it doesn't uh, usually invoke I'm, my opinion one way or the other on the movie. I'm kind of excited to see uh, Kumal Nanjiani stretch his legs as an action movie guy. Mm hmm. Especially because he he's, got so fucking ripped. That's what I'm saying. And he's super fucking funny. But he can yeah. also do super serious stuff. I don't know if you guys have seen like the big sick or anything like that. Uh, have not, but it's on my list to watch at some point. Yeah. I don't know who this guy is. Everybody talks about him. I literally don't know who he is. He's he's a, a Middle Eastern comedy writer. And he kind of the big six really the thing that launched him. So his. It, the big six uh, semi true story about his wife nearly dying. She, I can't, I can't remember exactly what she got, but she got deathly ill and almost died. And it was like right after they met or something. Right. So it's kind of the story of him meeting her family and dealing with like, Oh, she's in the hospital. I'm sitting in here at the waiting room with her family. We've been dating for like a month. This is awkward. Yeah, but but it won like a shit ton of awards yeah. and stuff. I think I wanted to see it at one point, but I never did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's good. He was on uh, Silicon Valley, which we, uh, me and Amanda watched. He's really hilarious in that. It's been a stand up like for a while. Yeah, he's done a lot of voice acting and stuff. Mm-hmm. 
he's just in Stuber with Dave Batista. It's kind of a dumb movie, but I mean, it knows it's a dumb movie, so it just goes along with it. Yeah. Like I said, I, I don't know, because I'm kind of rooting for him. I hope he goes uh, Tom Hanks rather than <laughs> than the than the other option. You know what I mean? Mm. Where they, they get their chance to do a big budget movie and then it doesn't do well and <laughs> it destroys their whole career. <laughs> don't want that to happen to anybody. Uh, well, the other big Marvel thing I guess we should talk about, What If is finally out. Yeah. One of the things I've been super excited about since they announced it. And then Loki went and made it, like, count. So I was like, oh, <laughs> right. shit, this is even, this is even better. Uh, but we're going to be spoilery, so beware if you haven't watched it yet and don't want to uh, have stuff spoiled for you. Now would be a good time to check out. Uh, it's Captain Carter, the first, first episode. You get to see... Uh, uh, Peggy Carter get the super soldier serum instead of Steve Rogers. What did uh, what did you think of this one, Doug? I liked it a lot, actually. Um, I thought they did a really good job. Um, I know some people might be bothered by the fact that Steve Rogers still plays such a big role in it, but I thought it was genius how they had him kind of take on like an Iron Man role where he's still in the fight, even though he didn't get the serum because he's such a lovable character from the movies. Mm -hmm. Right. So if you just kill him off or whatever, that's going to, that's going to turn an audience away. But I thought it was genius the way they had him just still in the story. I really liked a lot of the little nods and tributes that um, it had to the original movie, just shots where it was clearly, They'd just taken him out, put her into the the shot, and she was doing the exact same Captain America type thing. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, it, it nailed it for me. This is exactly what I was hoping for when they announced the series was the Captain Carter episode. It's mm-hmm. they just they did it so well. Um, surprisingly, I thought the action worked. Which animation that tends to be a problem for me is the action isn't engaging, but. It was for sure. They, you know, they were able to kind of mimic the movie action in animation form really well. I, I had like zero complaints about it. Nice. What about you, Noah? Uh, I liked it a lot. They they went a couple different directions than I thought they were going to go. I really thought in the the train scene where Steve quote fingers gets blown up. Mm-hmm. I th- I thought they were setting it up so that somehow they were going to jump to the future and. Steve was going to be Winter Soldier, but yeah, that's Winter, what I thought. Winter too. Soldier in a big robot yeah. suit, basically. I, I, I thought that same thing, and then I think it was kind of an intentional tease of just like this is what everyone will assume, but then by doing something different, they kind of thought that was fun. I really so. Do you guys think that it was a, a spit in the face of Hugo Weaving whenever they unceremoniously killed off Red Skull? <laughs> I don't think that was their direct intention, but I think you don't. You just... don't think so? I feel like that is a very Disney middle finger move. Eh, I don't think so. I think because I mean they used them in the Infinity movies and whatever else. I think they're just like, eh, fuck it. He's still our character. Say, fuck him with a different actor. Oh yeah, yeah. It's the guy from The Walking Dead, and he's he's really good in the yeah. role. So his his Hugo Weaving impersonation is terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> he should. He really shouldn't be that good at it. It's fucking weird. It, it is a little weird how how much it sounds like the, the original voice, but whatever. Mm. 
Yeah. I did like I did like the fact that he's like, yes, it is my champion. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so there's rumors from, you know, some of the videos that I watched. Someone surmised that they may use this. Uh, I, I don't remember what his name is. Do you remember? Shog, Shog something. Basically based oh, off the Lovecraft. Oh, yeah. Shug Yeah. Yeah. Um, he may be like, like a, a big bad for this whole run of what ifs. Like he may not show up in every episode, but there may be something that eventually will tie him together with like all of these different stories or whatever. It might be because, I mean, they're talking about he might be the bad guy in Multiverse of Madness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. So what about, what about the idea of so Captain Carter ends with her waking up? in the future are we going to get like a season two where we see her join the avengers and continue the story do you think or another thing i had heard another rumor even before this episode dropped is that uh they may do like sequel episodes like in another season so we'll see peggy carter or captain carter sort of you know in that spot in the avengers movie and how that would play out differently and what she would bring to the team and that's a fun idea. Stuff like that. So I kind of want to watch her interact with Tony Stark. So I think it'd be funny. And apparently, like, I think that everybody has loved this episode so much. Like, even the creators, while they were making it, loved this so much. There's talking already rumblings about them wanting to do some sort of live action Captain Carter something. That's an interesting idea. So, don't know. We may see the character pop up in the live action movies somewhere along the line so like i say part of me just wants them to leave these as just standalone what ifs just just yeah. don't don't do sure. anything else with it but then if they're if they're not going to do that then probably the one i find maybe the most interesting is captain carter so far Got yeah. that too, which isn't saying much i guess <laughs> and then bringing her in sort of I don't want to say it's a replacement because we already have a replacement for Captain America, but just like bringing her in to sort of add to that team and even go off and do some of her own stuff. But some of the, you know, Falcon and Winter Soldier. And yeah, what if she's just, stuff a, like that? just in that show all of a sudden now? Even more Captain <laughs> America's. Run How many Captain the America's can you fit in the show? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so that was a big hit. Uh, what about episode two of T'Challa being picked up by the Ravagers? So it's it's Guardians of the Galaxy, so it's going to be silly, mm-hmm. which I kind of accepted from the beginning. I do like the idea that so T'Challa is not a fuck up. Yeah. You know, like Peter <laughs> Quill is Peter Quill is a fuck up. <laughs> and and I love the fact of the idea of in the same time that basically Peter Quill had accomplished nothing. Like T'Challa had like saved the universe over and over and over again. And it's just this superstar <laughs> who's completely reformed the Ravagers, you know. <laughs> and Thanos and yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I saw cool. something that, that pointed out that like basically he became what Star Lord always pretended to be <laughs> in the Guardians movie. Yeah, I I like that element of it a lot. Um, I wasn't a huge fan of having Thanos in there. Sure. 
I, I didn't love it. It almost feels like that's its own separate. What if like, what if Thanos was a good guy? Like <laughs> to just have it as a background thing in this and to have not even really an explanation provided. Did you, did you ever read any of the what ifs done? Uh, when I was a kid, I did, but no, okay. I was going to say that was a running thing in those comics where every once a lot of the issues, they would take this real serious approach and then others, it would just go fucking off the rails completely. Yeah. <laughs> the one I always think of is what if Deadpool got the Venom symbiote mm-hmm. and it, it, like that comic book, it starts off with uh, Deadpool being sent to kill the Beyonder because the Beyonder fused Modoc to Galactus's ass. All right. <laughs> <laughs> As you do. Yeah. Uh, and then whenever Deadpool gets the symbiote, instead of it becoming a suit, it just attaches to his head and it becomes his magic alien uh, jerry curls. <laughs> yeah. So so that's about the, the comic book that you're <laughs> operating with. The, the part, Modoc getting fused to Galactus's ass is probably the funniest part of the whole thing where he's like, why are you so mad at the Beyonder? And he's like, never you mind. And then it like it shows him from the back and Modoc's going, who are you talking to? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, good times. Um, yeah, that's I, what the Thanos thing reminded me of, them just doing something. Outrageous. I did like that pretty much everybody except for Dave Batista showed up to do their voice. And I was like, come on, Batista. Just take like 20 minutes out of your day. Is he still mad at them? I don't know. He's coming back for Guardians 3, but he's pretty much said after that he's done with Marvel stuff. That's so weird. You would have thought they would have buried the hatchet whenever uh, they brought back James Gunn. Yeah, he said that the running around with the shirt off stuff is getting harder to do because, I mean, he's sliding into his late 50s. Right. So he's kind of wanting to stop doing that. But I don't know. It's understandable. Seems like they give him a tank top or something. He'd be fine. The question uh, is, kill him off or multiverse him into a new actor? <laughs> They'll probably kill him off. Because it sounds like James Gunn's not interested in doing any Marvel stuff after Guardians 3. So I think there's probably going to be a lot of uh, a lot of uh, killing off of some characters. <laughs> Just Suicide Squad the hell out of everything. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, how sad was it? I mean, this is uh, Chadwick Boseman's last uh, Marvel thing. I don't think uh, it is. I think he's in another episode. No, oh, is he in another episode? I think so. I don't know. It's sad, it's sad hearing his voice. <laughs> yeah. like, uh, I'm, um, I'm, the, I'm the asshole whenever I say this, but it's, I, I don't have this connection to Chadwick Boseman that everybody else seems to have. He was in one movie. I liked the movie. Well, he was in it's, four, four movies, but yeah. I See, I, I don't think it's... because I'm not sad because I'm fanboying him. I'm sad because he was a very talented person who died in his ascension, if that makes yeah. kind of, it's it's the same thing as River Phoenix. If I see River Phoenix in a movie, I'm like, fuck. I, guess. Yeah. I don't know. I, I for the most part, when celebrities pass away, it doesn't affect me the way it seems to affect other people. So I'm sorry you guys are sad. Well, it depends on the person. 
Like, right, like, right. It depends on how it happens when if, when it, when yeah. an overweight uh, comedian's heart explodes after doing a bunch of cocaine, which is a pretty common thing, unfortunately. Yeah, that's probably and happening those, right now. Those people, I'm like, oh, that that's that's sad. But that's the end of it. You know what I mean? Chris Chris Farley, like, man, he was great. He did a bunch of cocaine and he was severely overweight and constantly running around and fucking his body gave out. Of course it did. But having like a young, healthy dude in his prime taking his career super serious and all that kind of stuff just get fucking colon cancer and die. It's like, yeah, well, taking his career seriously and taking his role in that specific character seriously because they knew that it was kind of going to be a cultural touch point for young black kids yeah taking that seriously and then finding out that the whole time he was sick he was still going to visit sick kids in the hospital it just you know he seemed like an all-around great dude and unfortunately those are the ones that pass away and then we get left with egotistical assholes in the world who could give a shit about anything so that bums me out feel the same way about uh bill paxton yeah. uh anything else about the episode i feel like we could use more howard the duck yeah you can always use more howard the duck <laughs> <laughs> i do i do like the fact that they just reinforce the fact that they're like you know everybody's excited for howard the duck to do something but that character's a piece of shit <laughs> it's so hard I, i've thought about that a thousand times i'm like how could they make a howard the duck movie and be true to the the character because he's, he's he's such an asshole <laughs> well yeah, that, just, that's what you gotta do is just lean in yeah they had him on the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy cartoon on Disney XD oh yeah and, and still voiced by Seth Green so still playing the same Howard the Duck and uh, yeah he, he was still kind of an asshole there too yeah I like this I, I like the comic books where he is this uh I, I don't know he has like delusions of grandeur of how <laughs> fucking amazing he is he's just a fucking duck <laughs> like <laughs> just a duck that drinks too much i just remember going to see guardians for like the fourth time in the theater and then when i was leaving some guy just like i don't understand what's with this duck i'm like oh my god i have to explain how the duck is to this guy <laughs> I did. Uh, I kind of liked what they did with the uh, the collector. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah. Kind of turning him into even douchier Thanos in a in a weird <laughs> way. I like. It brings us back to our discussion about the Masters of the Universe series, where it's like the idea that if you pull this big bad out, it creates this power vacuum, and who's going to fill it? I like seeing what they do with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you had a friend of mine that's like, "Oh, I didn't like that He-Man cartoon." I was like, "Why not?" He's like, "None of He-Man." Yeah. It's called He-Man: The Master of the Universe. I'm like, "No, it's not." So I had to have that argument in person all over again. Damn it! I mean, <sighs> I get, I get the complaint that if you're a He-Man fan and you go into it thinking, "Oh, it's going to be a He-Man show," and you don't get no He-Man. I understand the frustration, but at the same time, 
people need to chill the fuck out. Well, I also uh, have pe- to be like, people do not like it when shows buck expectations, and I find it no. like I prefer when they do that. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I had. Uh, I, I'm like, well, you know, this is part one, right? Like, they didn't make this and be like, well, that's it. We're never making a He-Man product ever again. They were just going to leave it like that. Like, this is only part one of the first season. Oh, when's part two coming out? I'm like, I don't know. It doesn't matter. Maybe never because of whiny bitches like you. <laughs> exactly. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I, this is was a fun episode. Like we mentioned, it's interesting to see somebody who's actually good at being Star Lord. Like, what would pretty much change the universe? It's pretty funny. Yeah. I didn't like this one as much as the Captain Kirk. Yeah, I can see that. Oh, yeah. I I liked it in a different way. Like I'll like I'll, I'll happily watch both of them. Probably end up watching them both again at some point. But if I had to rank them so far, episode one comes before episode two. Well, I feel like this one is a little bit more of a stretch, and maybe that's the problem. Like the last one, you could see like okay, there's a definitive moment when someone makes a dis- one decision which will completely change the trajectory of how this moment's going to play out. And you can, you know, have fun with that. Where this one's like, oh no, the Ravagers fucked up and sensed uh, vibranium, and so they picked up the wrong kid. Like, that's not well, nearly as, you know. Well, but I mean, they do, ex- that isn't the choice. They explain what the choice was. No, I know. I'm just saying, it's it's not a, as a, like a minute detail, like the first episode, where it's interesting to look at that small detail and then see how stuff plays out when someone makes you know one small decision different than what they did and the stuff we've already seen i wonder do you think we're gonna get a uh what if deadpool episode oh i wish that'd be the best that'd be fun yeah that maybe that's a because they just i mean they kind of just finished rapping on it not too long ago right because what if they kind of made in secret Mm-hmm. For the most part, I mean, everyone knew it was coming, but no, I don't think anybody knows what the episode list is or anything. No, and they don't even they don't even seem to promote what the next episode is going to be before uh, before they it drops. They just don't even need to anymore. Oh no, they, they totally just, don't. They just put up a Marvel logo and everybody just turns it on. <laughs> but, well, fuck. I mean, plus it's the movie schedule and stuff. It's like I said, this this year's crazy. It's it's weird that they're 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 basically packing two years worth of movies into the fourth quarter of twenty twenty one, which is a weird feeling. But man, as as a person who likes going to the theater, it's really good. <laughs> the other movie I was going to go see was Reminiscence, but I didn't get a chance to sneak out. Yeah. To it. it's it's on HBO. I might just watch it on that. But. Yeah, I think that's probably what I'm going to end up doing maybe this weekend. I just don't know. It's it. It both looks like the type of thing I would totally be into and comes off as the type of thing that I'm going to hate at the same time. So it's a crap. It's a crap shoot. That sounds like Noah. We're well, it's weird sci fi dystopian future world, which. Yeah, you know, and Hugh Jackman. Yeah. But then it's like, hmm, he's sad because his girlfriend's gone. <laughs> it's like, hmm. 
don't don't know if I'm down with the sad because his girlfriend's gone angle. (laughs) What are you going to do? Plus, Hugh Jackman's a crapshoot just because of his movie choices. I mean, you don't know if you're getting the Wolverine or fucking uh, J.P. Barnum. (laughs) (laughs) Did you ever see Prisoners? Uh, It sounds familiar, Uh, but I don't. That was really good. It was really good. (laughs) Him and Paul, him and Paul Dano playing against each other. But man, depressing as shit. Yeah. Oh, how the hell we ended up here? I don't either, but we did. We should just enjoy it. Please remember to replace the speaker on the post when you leave the theater. And now, folks, it's time to say goodnight. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night.